0: And now, coming to you live to tape from the Derek Duvall Production Bunker, it's Derek Duvall!
1: Hello, Duvall Nation. Hello! Hey, everybody! Hi! Thank you so much. Please sit. Thank you. Hello, Duvall Nation, and welcome to the Derek Duvall Show. (laughs) We are back with another fantastic journey into the lives of extraordinary people. This episode is brought to you today by the fine folks at BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100% online. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Derek Show. That's better, hel Derek Show. So before we jump into this episode, I want to say a huge thank you to my last guest, David Sinclair. I hope you enjoyed listening to his stories of interacting with and interviewing some of rock and roll's biggest legends. If you have not heard our in-depth interview, I strongly advise you to check it out after the conclusion of this episode. So welcome to episode 182, and we have a great episode lined up for you today. We have on the show Lenita Mitchell-Blackwell. Now, Lenita is a successful lawyer, speaker, best-selling author, and life coach. She'll be dishing out some life advice, talking about her latest book, Live Life on Fire, and we'll be discussing some aspects of her incredibly interesting life. So let's get her out here. Duval Nation, please join me and welcome to the show. Calling in today from our home in Austell, Georgia, Lenita Mitchell-Blackwell. Lenita, <laughs> good evening. Welcome to the Derek Duval Show. How is the weather out by you today?
2: It is gorgeous, hot, but wonderful. Thanks for having me, Derek.
1: So with the pandemic now coming to an end, how was it for you to navigate the COVID-19 world?
2: It was rough. Um, I was one of the people who was still out seeing clients. As a closing attorney, there were a lot of people who were in financial distress and I was working on behalf of the banks to help them to keep their homes. And so where a lot of people got to shelter in place, I was not one of those, but I don't complain about it because I am grateful To have had the opportunity to help so many
1: people. That's good. Very noble. Every journey has a beginning. Where were you born and what was it like to grow up there?
2: Born in beautiful Miami, Florida. And it was wonderful. We call ourselves, or used to anyway, Little New York. (laughs) Because we had so many people who from the North who came down. They started off as snowbirds and loved it so much. They stayed around for the awesome year-round weather. Mm. Would not change it for the world.
1: What? Why do they call them snowbirds? I'm just kind of curious.
2: Absolutely. So during the winter months where it is snowing, hailing, and all kinds of crazy up in the northern states, uh, those who can afford to do so would come on down to the southern states. And the most southern point would be Florida. And mm-hmm. they would normally hang out until the weather got a hold of itself, and then they could go home.
1: Snowbirds. Yeah. Mm. Clever. All right. Okay. So at what age you decide to you wanted to start your journey on your current life path?
2: So uh, it was a decision that I had to make, Derek. Uh, one day, literally, my daughter found me passed out exhausted in the middle of the floor because I had worked myself into a frenzy. And instead of me tucking her sweet little six-year-old body to bed she had to tuck me in. She literally took the blanket from her bed and put it on my body and the pillow from her <laughs> little clay area and put it under my head and kissed me on the forehead and said, good night, mommy. And the only strength I had, Derek, was to say, good night, baby. Yeah. 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 So uh, something had to give. I did not want to be in that position ever again. And I wanted to have a good, long, healthy life where I would be able to see her graduate from high school. And so I, I had to make some serious life changes.
1: Favorite memory from your time at Florida Agricultural and Mechanical University?
2: My favorite memory from FAMU is actually hanging out with one of my college professors who is now a dear friend, Dr. Tompkins. Uh, I sometimes would stay during the summer to get a little ahead with classes and work and. Uh, we would go and hang out and go grab some Gilletto.
1: You uh got a degree in accounting, correctly?
2: I did, I sure did.
1: How hard was the store? How hard were those courses?
2: They were pretty rough, um, especially since my mother chose my major for me because I didn't know what I wanted to do. And she said, You have to pick something where you can get a job.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good parenting, right there.
2: It sure was, it sure was. <laughs>
1: So you went ahead and you went to Georgia State University College of Law, correct?
2: That's right, after a long, couple of years of working in accounting. That's
1: right. How, how long did it take you to graduate law school? Three years. What month of it did you go to law school?
2: So I've wanted to go be a lawyer since I was probably about 11. It was during the Iran-Contra hearings, and I was at my aunt's house, and she said to me, do you see how cool Oliver North?" Uh, attorney is he never got ruffled n- would laugh sometimes she said that's what you need to do and so that stuck with me and I was like one day I'm going to be a lawyer and the opportunity presented itself once we moved here to Atlanta and I took it we all want to be litigators like you see on Law and Order I mean boom boom everybody knows that sound right
1: <laughs> right
2: but then you get there and you're like oh this is not sexy and exciting this kind of boring Uh, (laughs) because you know you have to sit in and watch a trial you have to do a mock trial and the amount of prep to go in every day for you to have maybe a couple of hours of speaking parts is unreal and then you have to flip around and do those trials back to back sometimes and I was like that is no way to live and it's one of the reasons that the rate of addiction and alcoholism and suicide within the law profession is so high. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, that being said, though, you're a walking success story. You know, you got a successful law firm, you know, speaking engagements, business coach, a Christian life coach and a bestselling author. How do you juggle these tasks and find success?
2: So I've been very blessed and I don't juggle like I used to. Um, When I was talking about being exhausted, that's how I got there. And I started working with a performance coach who is also in ministry, Reverend Rowena Silvera Beck. And I was like, something's got to give. And so she made me write down every role responsibility I had. And I had seven pages and she said, you've got to get it down to two. And so that's what I did. So I stuck with the law firm and I stuck with my coaching, which also encompasses my writing. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. Now, since you are a life coach, perhaps you can dole out some life advice. Okay. Okay. All right. So what is the number one reason people are dissatisfied with their lives, even with outwardly successful?
2: Because we have been taught by very well-meaning people, Derek, that if we do well, in school and get good grades and we get a good job and we get married and get the house, the car, the clothes and the money that we will be happy. And that is not true. We all know people who have checked every box that I just named and they are miserable because they're looking externally for things to satisfy them and it's just not gonna happen. We have to look within and redefine what success means to us. And so it's not checking off someone else's boxes. It's creating our own standard. And so instead of looking at perfection, which is someone else's standard, we have to look at our standard, which is excellence. And it's going to shift during life. What was excellent for me in my 20s is not what I'm doing in my 40s.
1: (laughs) Right. You know it's amazing you know we have had several guests on the show and one in particular comes to mind and he he expressed a phrase comparison is the thief of joy and one of them was basically that you know when you're looking on social media especially instagram you're not looking at people's the worst of people's lives you're looking at the best of people's lives you know that new car you know their kids having a great time you know people on their, their dream vacations you know their their dogs you know they're not showing you their you know their car getting repossessed or their flat tire or you know like that so they you know you're you're comparing yourselves you know they're like oh man they're on that dream vacation i'm why am i not on my dream vacation why you know and i feel like that is taking away from our joy because we're constantly comparing ourselves to the best versions of people that we see online
2: i totally agree with that and it is one of the reasons that most people cannot even remember what happiness, less known joy feels like. And this is an issue that occurred pre-pandemic. So COVID-19 just compounded that problem. Mm. We're constantly looking to social media, to blogs and bloggers, having them tell us what happiness looks like, what success feels like. And they don't feel that. They are putting up a show. And what's worse is we have become so indoctrinated as a society to believe that, who are you going to believe, me or your lying eyes, right? That even when we see them crumble, we just look and find someone else who is putting forth the same stuff, not understanding that they are all humans having a human experience. And there are good days and there are bad days, and all of us are just trying to figure it out.
1: So what's the difference between happiness and joy, and how does that impact performance?
2: Absolutely. So happiness is your understanding that there is something external that is going to emotionally hijack you. What does that mean? If it's sunny outside, I'm happy because I love great sunny days. I love great weather. I'm a Florida baby, right? And when it's raining, I'm not really feeling that because I can't get out and do what I want to do. So that means that somebody else or something else is in charge of my emotions from moment to moment. That means I'm not in charge. I have no authority over what I am and how I show up in the world. That's a problem. Joy allows you to retain your authority over who you are, what you are, and how you serve in this world. Joy means that I am grateful for waking up that day and for having the experience of rain or sunshine, regardless. And when you take that type of attitude into your job, into your relationship, when you're talking with your kids, no matter where you are, there is a light and energy that people feel and they gravitate to you and they then are allowed to come into your circle of influence and you can perform better than most of your competitors because they're upset that it rained. They're upset that the grass hasn't been cut today. Whereas you are just grateful to be alive and be sitting in front of that person, giving them 100% of your attention so you can go out and create something magnificent.
1: Mm-hmm. That's I like that, that's like that. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to live an excellent life rather than a perfect one And how does it impact how you show up in the world?
2: So every day I work to ensure that I remember that I am excellent. And what that means for me is that I am doing the best that I can with what I have right here, right now. And that best is a sliding scale because some days I wake up and Derek, I am working out with my group. And I take my shower and I'm singing and I get to work and I'm seeing my clients and I am just in flow, right? I mean, everything they're asking me, I'm laying down. And then there's those other days, (laughs) (laughs) those other days where I work work out with my group and every moment feels like a chore. Every squat is pain. Every lift, oh my gosh, when is this over, right? I take my shower and it takes forever for the hot water to come on. And now I am mad because I had to take a lukewarm shower. Everybody's child except me. And so they've taken all the hot water. Then I get to work and I get every client who has every problem that I got to go research. It's not flowing. But in each of those situations, I have ultimate and 100% control over how i'm showing up so in those moments where it seems like the worst day is happening it's still a great day because i'm alive to enjoy it i'm alive to enjoy it and every experience good bad and different, is for us i think most people are familiar with the saying that every cloud has a silver lining i'm going to take a step further and i'm going to challenge you and ask you what if you are the silver lining what Mm. if every opportunity that happens is for you and not happening to you to help you to grow into the magnificent being you were meant to be and that people are watching you and how you show up and how you react and that the best way for you to mentor and develop and help to support someone else is how you're showing up right this moment be the silver lining.
1: That's that's powerful. I agree. <laughs> that's, that is powerful. I agree. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> In your opinion, what can people do to feel more engaged with their lives?
2: I think the first thing that we have to do is to go within. We take a lot of time with other people, with our families, work, community service, which is all noble, good, and I do too. But are we taking as much time with ourselves to sit and listen to our own thoughts, to rest and rejuvenate, to simply breathe, meditate, and consider? One of the things that I do every day when I wake up before I grab my phone, before I grab my tea, is I sit quietly and I breathe deeply and I meditate and I pray. And I heard... Shri Shri Ravi Shankar, the founder of the Art of Living Foundation in Bangalore, India, say once that prayer and meditation go together. Prayer is talking to God and meditation is listening. And my grandmother, who was very principled person, used to say, you have two ears and one mouth. So you should do twice as much listening as you do talking. And so I really worked to just sit and listen and hear what spirit has to say at before i'm powering off all of my requests and the things that i want out of life and those that feel good that sync up i move forward on those
1: okay Devon nation we're going to go ahead and take a small break right here but we will be right back with the conclusion of this interview with lenita mitchell blackwell may does you take this time to refresh that drink and take some super long deep breaths you know that's right Clouseau style please give your attention to a few friends of my show and we will be right back
3: hello my name's callum i'm one of the hosts of 1001 a film Podyssey, alongside my friend jake who isn't here each week me and jake will discuss a film included in the film reference book 1001 movies you must see before you die which films i hear you ask well The only criteria for the films we pick are it has to be in the book and it has to have been made between 1960 and present day just to start off with we may explore earlier decades in later episodes we'll just see how we get on ahead of recording one person will pick a decade for the other person to select a film from this will be kept secret and revealed live on air which i'm sure will be unbelievably exciting for the first episode it was jake's pick and obviously i had to know ahead of time which film we were discussing but at the end of the episode Jake picks out a decade for me and I reveal the film, ready for next week. So, we'll race each film and place them in a master list in order of how much we enjoyed them. And once we're done in 58 years or so, we will hopefully finally be able to answer the question. What is the greatest film of all time? That was made between 1960 and present day and included in the book. Does that make sense? Hopefully, if not, sorry. Um, So subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. And the first episode is released right now. It's live. So I hope you enjoy it. Um, Thank you for your time and goodbye. Cheers.
4: Hello, Duval Nation. Derek Duval here. Mental health is not only a top priority in my life, but it should be in yours too. As a combat military veteran, I have seen what untreated mental health looks like, which is why I've been using a therapist for well over a decade. Seeing a trusted therapist has helped me reconcile life events and other important things I've been witness to since returning home from the service and has changed my life for the better in many ways. Which is why going forward, I am pleased to announce that BetterHelp will be sponsoring the Derek DeBall Show. You can message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling flexibility and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com slash Derek Show. That's better, H E L P dot com slash Derek Duvall Show. We're Sam's Army and the Gates all here. Sam's Army and the Gates all here. Sam's Army and the Gates all here. For glory, the company to drink some beer. Oi, this is Chad from The Shame. are listening to The Derek Duvall Show. You can find our stuff at theshameshop.com or listen to it on almost all streaming services. We'll see you down the pub. Cheers.
1: Teachers, do you ever have these feelings or have been told these things?
0: Do you want Kleenex for your classroom? Maybe you should think about buying your own, with your own money. You get the summer off, you can have a second job. Do you really need a pay raise? Oh, do you need to use the restroom? Maybe you can do that in the three minutes while students are changing classes. Boy, sure hope your room doesn't descend into Lord of the Flies in that time. Oh, things are going pretty good for one. Surprise! Budget cuts. Well, you're in luck because we've got a book just for you.
3: Hi, everyone. It's Katie Kinder, educator, speaker, and author of Untold Teaching Truths. I invite you to purchase my book and join this journey as we talk about the wild world of public education. Part memoir, part strategy. It is available on BookBaby, Amazon, or wherever books are sold. Teach on, warriors. We've got this. This is Benjamin Sledge, author of Where Cowards Go to Die. In my award-winning memoir, you'll discover the raw humanity, intricate complexity, and brutal barbarity of those who served in the Iraq and Afghan wars, and the psychological toll it took on modern veterans. You can purchase Where Cowards Go to Die on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or anywhere major books are sold. Look for me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Benjamin C. Sledge.
2: This is Country Boy for one. My Black History, and if you listen to my podcast, this is some of the things that you will enjoy. The term Jim Crow derives from early nineteenth-century minstrel shows. It was a popular form of entertainment, which is the predecessor to vaudeville. The shows consisted of a primarily white song and dance performer, crudely mimicking African Americans for the enjoyment of white audiences. One of the earliest and most famous was Thomas Daddy Rice who devised a strutting, dancing character supposedly mimicking a prancing crow and the character became known as Jim Crow and if this is the type of content that you enjoy you can find more content like this at OneMicHistory.com
0: Hey there, this is Frankie Ray and you're listening to The Derek Duvall Show My latest single over now is available on all streaming platforms Hope you like it
1: Navigating insurmountable odds and how I dealt with and overcame them. You can find perfectly flawed on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, or wherever books are sold. Welcome back to episode 182 of the Derek DeVall Show. Let's get right back to it with the conclusion of our interview with lawyer, speaker, best-selling author, and life coach Lenita Mitchell Blackwell. That's a question for you. You know, how far have women come in law? In a field that is dominated primarily by men
2: not as far as i would like i'm gonna tell you (laughs) (laughs) and one of the reasons that i say that is because as more women have entered the profession we have seen more alternative dispute resolution techniques being employed rather than straight litigation or lawsuits as most people are familiar with. We have more arbitration. We have more mediation. We have more comparative and consultative law where people aren't spending an arm and a leg in their ribs (laughs) trying to pay the attorneys to resolve something that if we had just all sat down for a couple of hours, we could have nailed out together. And we're seeing more of that with more women, more feminine energy entering the law space. And so I am always happy to see more sisters in the law. And I am excited to mentor other new lawyers as they come through. It's one of the reasons I love being active in both the Georgia Association of Women Lawyers and the Georgia Association of Black Women Attorneys.
1: Mm-hmm. Just got another uh, female Supreme Court justice as well, as well. Yes. Justice Just, Jackson.
2: That's right. Justice yeah. Katanji Brown Jackson. Yeah. I, I actually had the opportunity to go to D.C. with a group of women in the law. And we all stood on the courthouse steps for her first day. Oh, so wow. She, yeah, so that she knew how proud we were and, you know, that she is not alone. So that was, it was awesome. And that's it was amazing. a yeah and it was a very diverse group some students came over from uh georgetown it, it was wonderful it was truly wonderful
1: that's amazing that's that's, that's historic right there that's amazing mm-hmm. so now you are quite an accomplished and celebrated author five books which i'm going to list off here for my listeners live life on fire knockdown down set straight empire builder leading lady legacy and leading through living what inspired you to become a writer? and um, Was writing something you set out to do from the beginning?
2: Absolutely. So I have started at least six books prior to my first one, and I never finished. You know, I would be excited, just like a lot of people, get about four or five chapters and then just put it down and it just flow away. And then during one of the rare parts in my life before I rolled onto a bunch of boards. I had finished rolling off, and I had a quiet time, and I went to a vision board party, and the facilitator had us to meditate before we went in to, and grabbed the magazines and the markers and created the board that stole the life that we wanted for the next year. And what I heard was writer and I said to spirit, I said, now, listen, we have a completion problem because it's always we when there's a problem, right? (laughs) And so um, I was led to just do two pages a day. And that's what I did. It took about a month. And my first book, Leading Through Living was really small, It was 47 pages front to back. But the message resonated with so many people from all walks of life and age levels. The subtitle of the book is A Guide for Women Seeking Growth Through Leadership. And I shared my experience of how, when I was in corporate America, I didn't have a lot of mentorship and it was very difficult for me to shine. And so I looked toward professional organizations and community organizations to develop new skills and to network. And as I began to grow in my experience as well as my confidence in those arenas, it translated into my professional life. And that is how I began to grow from staff attorney to finally founding my own law firm as partner. And I shared that experience and people invited me to come speak and then asked me to help them publish their books. And it kind of took off from there, and I've really loved the experience. I really have.
1: It's amazing. Now, you are an, an ordained minister, correct?
2: I am, yes.
1: What, what do you do with it? Do you do weddings, or is it just a life coach, or what do you do with it?
2: So, I do not do weddings. <laughs> I can. <laughs> And, and people have asked, I have done house blessings, which I absolutely adore. But the biggest thing that I do with my ministry is to be of service to my clients. Because even my clients that are not necessarily Christian, most people know that there is something bigger than all of us out there. So most people have very high spiritual intelligence, whether they worship in the form of Judaism, Christianity, If they're Islamic, whatever, most folks know that there's something big out there, right? And so I can use that knowledge and that shared commonality to help them to structure their business, to structure their mindset so that they are most effective in the work that they do for others.
1: Hmm. So Pierre de Coubertin said the most important thing in life is not the triumph, but the struggle. You get a chance to talk to your youngest self. What do you say to her?
2: I am so proud of you. It is because you hung in there and you persevered that I am. Thank you.
1: So what is next for Lenita? Is there a TED talk?
2: Oh, that would be so cool. From your lips to God's ears, Derek. Yes, let's do it.
1: (laughs) You got to make it happen, man. It's It's not that hard.
2: No, it is not. It it is really sitting down, completing the application because I have a girlfriend who did a tech talk, and she has said that she will make the recommendation because that's all you need is somebody who's done it before. Right. And so I just need to do it, and this talk says I gotta do it. Thank
1: you. You're welcome. <laughs> I you got like I said, you've got the message, and I, I, I'm speaking with you, and I've I've had. I've had about nine people now on my show who have done TED Talks. Some of them have done multiple TED Talks. You've got the message, you've got the voice, and you've got the presence for it. I if I had the way to do it, I endorse you right now. Here, I bless you right now. Do a TED talk. So
2: I love it. Thank go, you. Go
1: forth and conquer. You go do a TED Talk. But no, what is next for you?
2: What's next is sharing with as many people as possible my book, Live Life on Fire getting out there and taking the stage and sharing the complimentary Leading Through Living Academy with them, sharing my online courses and really getting people fired up about living an excellent life rather than a perfect one.
1: All right. So as we enter the final phase of this interview, I always like to ask one fun question. Lenita, what do you like to do for fun? How do you like to relax? Do you relax?
2: Yes, I do relax because I don't want to be found on the floor exhausted ever again. (laughs) And I do a few things. Hanging out with my daughter is like my biggest thing. She's a teen now. She actually be 16 tomorrow. So having her drag me around to malls, concerts, and all the rest of it, that's fun. Hanging out with the hubs is always good too. We watch the most zany shows and go to movies in the middle of the day, which is awesome. (laughs)
1: Have you seen any good movies lately?
2: Yeah, actually, we uh, saw Mission Impossible. I don't even know what number it is now. Number six, maybe.
1: (laughs) I got no idea.
2: (laughs) Right, but it was really good.
1: Mm, Right on. So what would be the best way for my listeners to follow your adventures online?
2: Best way to do that is visit me on my website, which is real easy. It's my name, lanitamitchellblackwell.com. And from there, we can link up on almost all social. So just follow, like, share, and definitely subscribe to my email list.
1: All right. Well, you're a deep thinker, so I feel like you may give a great answer to my final question, okay? I am my interviews with my favorite question. It's the best one. If the entire planet was listening to this broadcast, what would be the one thing you would like to say to the people of Earth?
2: live life on fire your ultimate successful life is already full of peace joy and fulfillment don't let anyone deter you with stuff you have everything that you need within
1: all right lenita congratulations on all your success thanks for taking the time to come on the show today this has been a real blast you are a star go out there do your ted talk i truly believe you got it in you thank you Derek. <laughs> And just like that, DeVal Nation, we come to the end of episode 182. (laughs) I want to thank Lenita for taking the time to come on the show. What a great guest, and I truly hope she takes my advice and gets the ball rolling on that TED Talk. We'll be hearing her name for a long time to come. Okay, tune in again next time as we showcase another extraordinary person. I have a really good one coming up in a few days, so be sure to keep checking your favorite podcast streaming channel for that episode to drop. Also, I think it's fair to ask you, the listener, have you enjoyed this episode? I truly hope you have, so please go ahead and hit that subscribe button to keep up to date for when new episodes drop. Also, if you're feeling generous, drop us a review. We love reading what our listeners have to say about us, good or bad. We are still enjoying our partnership with the amazing Tee Public. The Derek Duvall Show has a great little store on there, and we have everything with our logo on it, including magnets, stickers, and mugs. Plus, we have some really fun T-shirts on there that Mrs. Duvall and I added ourselves. So please go to our website, DerekDuvallShow.com. Go to the banner on the left that says Merch. Click that, and you will be taken to our store on Tee Public. And once again, I want to thank them for being such great partners with the show. So on behalf of myself and the entire team here at The Derek Duvall Show, I want to say to each and every one of you listening – What are you planning on doing to take care of your mental health this weekend? Is there a project around the house that you've procrastinated for a long time and put off? I know I have. Well, maybe this weekend, this might be the chance to get it done. Accomplishments are great for mental health. Give it a go no matter how small. Even if it's changing the air filters in your home, a small accomplishment can be great for the brain. Nostar, God bless,
0: and see you next time. Planet Earth This has been a recording of the Derek Duval Show, and we thank you for listening. Please go to our website, Derekduvalshow.com for links to merchandise and to explore past episodes. Please find us on social media on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram at Derek Duval Show.